It is uh, Wednesday, March 29th. Oh, no, it's not. It's, oh, I fucked it up twice. <laughs> You'll cut this out, right? <laughs> definitely, definitely. It is Tuesday, March. Uh, you know what? You Every got da- the actual date right. Yeah, because I made wrong. you just check it, and then I forgot what day it was. <laughs> it is Tuesday, March 29th. Uh, this is uh, Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL podcast. I'm Will Anderson. I'm Charlie Clawson. Uh, welcome. Welcome. Off to, off to the uh, slick professional uh, start that you expect from a... From the former number one uh, podcast on iTunes. Well, did we make number one? Yeah, we made number one. All right. Well, for in, like, in comedy or in all over? Uh, don't know. Okay. Don't know, don't care to know. No. <laughs> Did we win the preseason cup or did we win the actual premiership? I'm not Doesn't sure. Doesn't matter. It's a cup. We were very. No, we were kind of like what the bulldogs are today. Like I say, stop the fucking. Like that's it. We're minor premiers. Yeah. We're top of the ladder. Yeah. So essentially, that's what we were. Yeah. It was just a time in the past week and a half yeah. where, at some stage, we were on top of the ladder. Yeah, hit the boundary line. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's just run out the clock. <laughs> So it was a huge week in football. I don't think that term's been appropriated yet in any uh, AFL coverage. But no, it was everything about this podcast is original. And, Will, uh, you've got a big smile on your face. Oh, my God. Why would that be? Crazy. Like, it's because this is the year. It's reverse the curse. I said it at the president's lunch. We went to the Bulldogs president's lunch on, uh, on Sunday, and um, uh, they did this kind of panel called Off the Leash because of the Bulldogs, Charlie. Oh, yeah, I get it. You see? Yeah, yeah, Off clever. the Leash. Clever. Yeah. And uh, I did love because they tweeted a photo of it today and I'm up there with uh, Peter Gordon who's the president of the club yeah. I am up there with Luke Darcy who's a legend of the club and then there's me with my beer yes <laughs> that was the one thing I was going to say is uh, uh, when uh, when they called all you guys up I noticed that the uh, other two professionals left their drinks at the table you decided to take your drink on stage with uh, you. the other two idiots <laughs> the other two people who uh, didn't realise at the time that Peter Gordon was going to do a 25 minute speech about how he's not doing a speech this year <laughs> and I would have time to drink lots of that beer <laughs> while I sat there on the end doing nothing <laughs> Yeah, so um, but that was a great fun, and I did put forward my theory that I put forward first here on the podcast, which yeah. is uh, that this year is the reverse sixty-one. It's it's sixteen. We've had a yeah. sixty-two year rebuilding period, yeah, and we're ready to go. This might be the year. Uh, but as Peter Gordon pointed out, you said because uh, nineteen sixty-one is reverse of twenty sixteen. He said actually, well, I'm not good with math, but I think the reverse is sixty. Sixty. Oh my God, I've got sixty-one. Oh, shit, what is it? I mean, you're delivering it about as well I, as he did. I, I fucked it up. I mean, he really thought that was going to be... 1691. A... That's, that's it. That's okay. the reverse. Well done, Ray, man. <laughs> I, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, I mean, I, he did step all over my great joke. I was like, get on board. <laughs> reverse the curse. It rhymes even. What the fuck do you guys want? Yeah, it was the most polite heckle you've probably had your entire career. Yeah, it was really like, oh, well, no, technically, Will. It took about five minutes to get to it. fuck up. I didn't heckle you through your 25-minute fucking rant at the start. Anyway. Big hello to all the Bulldogs who are listening. But it was a, and I know some of them have been, because it, one of my comments from last episode was brought up for lunch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we actually, it's funny, the uh, media manager of the Bulldogs, we, we kind of, you know, thought we'd just let him know we're doing this podcast yeah. to help promote our, our, two, uh, our two small clubs. And he said, oh, yeah, I've heard of it. Ooh. He had some interesting th- things to say about Tom Libertore. <laughs> 
It's like, oh shit, they actually listen. What did we say about Jake Carla? <laughs> Uh, yeah, but that was a great day. I mean, it was such an like we had such a fun day. But to go out yeah. there against last year's minor premiers and to play that brand of football, yeah. like I mean, was just it was so exciting to watch. I don't know if I've, I mean, it's rare that I've had a more fun day yeah. at the footy because it was one of those classic ones where we were seven goals up at quarter time you against a team that can't score seven goals. Yeah, and then just for the rest of the game, you could. But what I loved the most was I went to the bathroom um, uh, in the third quarter. Uh, also, if there's any CCTV footage of that day, because I'd had quite a lot of beers and it started really early, mm. so I may have when I went to the bathroom. You know those like little bowls of Easter eggs they yeah. had. I may have grabbed a whole handful and shoved <laughs> it in my pocket for later. <laughs> But, um, yeah, in the bathroom, everyone was still at three-quarter time. They were still muttering about how, against St Kilda, we'd lost by 60. Like, that's the pessimism yeah, yeah. of being a Bulldogs fan. I would think also at a Bulldogs game, a Bulldogs game, someone stealing Easter eggs is probably the least of what people are worried about people stealing. I mean, mate, yeah, exactly. They normally steal the Easter eggs uh, in the car. Yeah. That they're in. <laughs> the Easter eggs are just incidental. Uh, yeah, it was very exciting. Uh uh, Michael Chamberlain, it, it changes your whole day because I went to my show and I was in such a good mood. Yeah. Michael Chamberlain, our dear friend Michael Chamberlain from the Junk Time AFL podcast, which is an excellent podcast, um, he did a gig last night at The Shelf. Mm. And uh, like the audience wouldn't have got it because here's the thing about com- being a comedian. You have to walk on stage no matter what your life has been like that day. You know, you've got to go out there and do your job. And I don't think that Michael would have ever done a gig after Hawthorne had lost. No, not, 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 no, not for the, definitely for the minority of his career. I just don't know, understand if he even knew what that would be like. Well, I, I like, mean, good on him for struggling through it. <laughs> <laughs> you know the great thing? It was a great vibe at the Bulldogs lunch. It was a great vibe in the crowd because they got 27,000, which for on an Easter Sunday playing an interstate team, that's pretty good. 27,000 people who didn't want to have lunch with mum. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But there was such a kind of... What I was saying to my brother yesterday, I said it actually reminded me of been back in a suburban footy club pie night like it was that relate although you know it had all the 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 appearance of a kind of like you know juji president's lunch the actual spirit of the day i mean what i like about the bulldogs and what i liked about peter gordon's speech is they are proudly claiming that status as we are the western suburbs team you know they're not trying to sort of uh, uh say we're going to become a super club this is what they're about is the people who support the club and uh, uh, and that being of the side of the West, like even this whole discussion about the Docklands and, you know, should the should the teams be moved out, should it be demolished? And he was like, well, no, this is the Western Suburbs Stadium and we own it and it's only one train ride for our supporters to come out. I like that, you know, it was really about the fans. Uh, and he was know, the Donald Trump, <laughs> you know, the, man of the people. You know what I, else I love about it, though, is that um, they are a very inclusive and friendly club. And the nature of it is that obviously it's a bit of a smaller club, yeah. so it can be a bit more like that. But... Like, half the room recognised you. Mm. Like, as in from coming to games with me. Yeah. People were like, oh, Charlie, yeah, yeah. oh, it's good to have you here. <laughs> I know. You might be like, you know, you might end up the Bulldogs number two ticket holder. <laughs> well, not much competition, let's be honest. <laughs> it was actually funny. Das at one stage uh, said, oh, mate, we uh, might have to win you over from the Saints. And I was like... Look, dude, no offence. If I was going to switch right. teams, it wouldn't be to an adjacently underachieving team. You're not jumping off the Titanic onto the Costa Concordia. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but it was, a, it was a brilliant day, and they, they, they were very, very nice to us. It was, a, it was yeah. a lovely vibe, and we got to sit with Luke Darcy and his, uh, his four kids, three yeah. of whom are... Uh, boys, yeah, and all play footy. Which and I the like. eldest is only like four years away from being able to right father be, son father son beautiful. I mean, that's, that's the greatest the the greatest shame of St Kilda's you know dominant era is is 
all those players, like the Stewie Lowe's and Nathan Burks, Tony Lockett, Danny Frawley's, all had uh, all had Girls. daughters. So unless there you is... You guys will be... Like, when the Women's when League comes League in... When the Women's League comes in, we'll be awesome. Awesome. You'll be like the West Coast Eagles that first year. Yeah, totally. It'll yeah. be like, look at all these girls. Um, and I, just the last thing I was going to say was uh, we got to go down to the rooms, which was fun. Yes. It's been a while since I've gone down to the rooms and heard them sing the song and stuff like that. Yeah. Although these days you're behind a cage. Yeah. <laughs> That's always been like that. And actually, I've, I've, been, I've only been down into the rooms once before after a St Kilda game. Uh, and it was... This was a much better experience because the first time I went down, I was a player manager because uh, I'd been hanging out in this box with these players and their families and stuff. And the player manager said, oh, do you want to go down in the rooms? And I said, sure. And he's gone, oh, well, why don't you take my son down? He knows all the players. Everyone knows him down there. He'll be fine. And his son was about four or five. I was like, okay, that seems like a good idea. So I've gone down into the rooms. And the thing about it is you're part of it, but you're really an observer. You're not, right. you, you're not part of the action. You're not sort of welcomed into the warm down area and stuff like that. And fair enough. You sort of kept a bit to the side, which is fair enough. I mean, literally, I don't think any AFL player from my team should get within a metre of me or they'll fail their head. <laughs> <laughs> so after about two... Our club gets like 22 players on their hair test and they're like, we just went to Will Anderson's show <laughs> midweek, and I guess, is that enough? <laughs> You only need about two minutes of, of being in the room to so get the vibe of it, you know. Yeah. So I wanted to go, but then this kid, because I started handing around the lollies that the players get after the game, this kid decided he wanted to stay. And it was at that moment that I realised, oh, I actually don't know this kid. I've only right. just met him. If I say let's go and he has a tantrum or something right. and someone comes up to him and says, who's, who's this guy? He's like, I don't know. He just who's took me down to the change cry. rooms to watch other men get warmed down and undressed. Like, it would look really, really bad. So that was my first experience of going to the change rooms. This one was much better. There was no children in sight. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was great fun. Yeah. Like, it was just a really great fun day. So that was very exciting. Yeah. All, All right, right, so should we go through? Well, yeah, we're we... going to go through the results. I yeah. mean, I've got to admit, I didn't actually see a lot of football this weekend. Good. Um, but, Seems perfect for our podcast. But that is, yeah, that's, I was going to say, that's the time <laughs> we've set. So the first game was uh, the traditional rivals, Richmond yep. and Carlton. Did you see any of that? I actually did see the, uh, the last quarter of that game. Okay. So between us, we saw the whole game because I, oh, right, I saw the first three. three. Yeah, right. So we can well, cover this off. Yeah. <laughs> well, even in that last, I mean, I, the, the tone of the game seemed to be that Richmond, who were heavy favourites to come in. I mean, Counton really, they finished last last year and lost a lot of players and it really no one put much stock in them doing anything this year. Right. But they played really good football. Like the endeavour was there. Like well, it, it seems like Brendan Bolton... Because here's the thing about Alistair Clarkson that we yeah, touched on last time. But it, it really is that thing of like, you know, every every coach in the league is one of like Clarko's minions. Protégés, yeah. Right? And, um, and, and so he, Brendan Bolton, just he, he's coached Hawthorne, you know, and he coached Hawthorne with great success, like within that, you know, system that they have. But he obviously knows how to do it. Yeah. And he's a really, he seems like a really inspiring, yeah. friendly, you know, holistic approach. Like a, I reckon that Clarko thing is like school teachers. You know, because Clark is a school teacher. I think right. Brendan Bolton was a school teacher. Um, so good at handling young men. Right. And they do what like you, you want. You have that sort of, you know, thing that you know how to control, like, yeah. you know, youth. kind of youth of a certain age and you know Motivate. How to, right, yeah, motivate as well. Point. I haven't thought of that. that yeah, that's what I'm sense. saying. Yeah. Stop being a fucking school teacher. But it, the world doesn't need school teachers. We need footy coaches. Look, what I've, are you doing wasting <laughs> your time educating children? I've barracked for the Saints through many times in which they're terrible, got a bad list or they're on a rebuild or whatever. And the one thing as a supporter you look for when you know your team's bad is effort. And that, like, 
like even this year, before the Port game, I was saying if we get within six goals, I'll be happy because that's, you know, I think they're a much better team than us. We've still got a lot of players who are under 50 games. You just want to see the, the one percenters. You want to see the pressure acts. You want to see chasing, tackling. The big knock on Melbourne the last few years was that they had all the kind of skills in, skills in the world and the high draft picks, but the effort seemed to be lacking. And I think that's what you saw with Carlton on Friday night is they actually were willing that. Do you remember those games last year where they'd record like under 40 tackles and stuff? I th- there was games last year where guys went home. <laughs> like to avoid the crowds. Like I think, I think Mark Murphy took an Uber home at some stage yeah. at half time. Got in one of the cars as was giving someone a victory lap and said, can you take me back to my place on your way? I mean, it was crazy, but like they, their their stars played well. Like Murphy was really great. Um, I thought that. He, well, here's the problem, though. Casbolt. Mm. He's one of those classic examples where I imagine, like, if you're a Carlton fan, and like St Kilda's had a couple of these Stewie people Lowe. over the years, where you're like, they can take a great mark, yeah. but then whatever happens next, yeah. it, it could be a fucking M Night Shyamalan movie. Yeah, yeah. You don't know what twist or turn yeah. it could go through, or he could kick it over his fucking head. Yeah. It's, but, but I mean, yeah, and then you have to weigh up that value of like, is are they worth it? Well, here's the thing. Here's what I'll argue: if he's got a great personality, a la Richo, right? <laughs> it's it's great. It's forget Stewie Lowe. It's part of the charm. Like Stewie Lowe actually eventually got better, but when he started, he was a great mark and a terrible kick. But he was such a charming dude. Like he was right. such a likable bloke. You're like, ah, Stewie can't kick for shit. Like I saw Strelo miss from the top of the goal square directly in front. It was there was no way he can miss from that distance, and and he did. But the Morabin was just like, oh, that's our Stewie, that's our Stewie. So, what what are you is is what you're saying then, Charlie? That uh, Lee like Hasbolt just has the pose with more pictures of eggs in his hands? Exactly, a hundred percent. Yeah, get eighteen eggs in your mitts. Yeah. And no one's going to care that you're missing a few goals. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I think the not, what you hear. about from other coaches when they talk about Carlton is that if a player, it doesn't matter if a player, uh, you know, gets a thousand possessions or, you know, takes all the marks to forward 50 if they don't damage you on the other side. And I think that is the kind of, I don't think they mark Levi Casbolt up as mu- as hard as they would like a, a player who's a bit of kick for goal because right. like let, you said, he could go it. anywhere. Chances hit. are he could kick a goal for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. What's our main uh, effort in the game? Well, we're going to get it to Levi. <laughs> Hang on. He's not on your team. Yeah. We know. Yeah. It's how we break the zone. <laughs> was it last year? There was the, the, the most classic bit of physical comedy I've ever seen in an AFL game was when I think it was Levi Casbolt and Sean Hampson couldn't ruffle off a goal between them where they were uh, two on one running into an open goal. And it was amazing. Like the ball bounces back and forth between them. All you need is like that Benny Hill music playing underneath. And it's the greatest bit of physical comedy I've ever seen. Yeah, they are. They are very much. Uh, that was like one of those things where you're like, you actually couldn't do that on purpose. <laughs> like you could get Cirque du Soleil in, yeah. in Carlton jumpers and they would not be able to recreate that moment of epic clownery. You'd have to study oh, in France for seven years under some guy who doesn't like talk and only clowns and mimes to no. get that. In your in your junior days, did you ever play a game where someone, usually midfielder, grabbed it out, ran the opposite direction, like had four bounces towards got kicked out and couldn't and couldn't understand why no one was cheering when he turned around? It, I, I don't think anyone who's ever played footy hasn't had those yeah, moments. There are some 
amazing. I love seeing that. I, I, I remember my, my cousin, Stewie Anderson, who played in the North Melbourne Premiership, but my favourite moment, it wasn't of that, but it was like, it was a similar sort of thing of just like, uh, there was this guy from our team who was like our gun, and he basically grabbed the ball in the middle, he spun around one guy, and was like running towards our goals, <laughs> and then he, Stewie's running towards him, so he does like one of those massive balks where you put the like, you know, the ball out yeah, in there, yeah, yeah. and Stewie just grabs the ball <laughs> and runs down the other way, and this guy, like he was so just on his way to go, and this is going to be the greatest goal you ever see in your life, and it was the best. That's it was amazing. the best. I still think about it. <laughs> uh, and the Tigers were disappointing, I thought. Yeah, well, it's funny, I was talking to my brother-in-law last night, who uh, will be our uh, Tigers expert, and okay. yes, he's been a Tigers man in his whole life, and he has doubts that they have the list. Right. He said that their A-graders aren't game-winning A-graders. I agree. Cotchen, who I love, and I want to, I, I really want to like him, but I just, I don't think he does have that, you know, I can take the game by its throat. And, like, without Delidio... Well, who's they, their biggest game-breaker? Dusty? Yeah, Dusty. Dusty's and a, he is a gun. Like, yeah. Dustin Martin, and he played pretty well the other night. Mm. Like, you know, um, but... <sighs> I mean, the rest of them, I don't know if they have. Like, I mean, Rance is a jet. Like, Rance yeah. is the best. Like, he's the best defender in the game, yeah. no doubt. They were lucky he didn't go on his five-year holiday or whatever he was going to do at the end of last year. So he was saying that last year they could have made a play for a key forward. Who was it? Then they went for Chris Yaron instead. I can't remember. Fuck, who was the player? Would have been – who was out of contract last year? I can't remember who it was. But he was saying, like, he feels like that has been the big mistake, is that they Chris Yaron isn't going to win you a game. He's an okay line breaker at best. Chris Yaron isn't going to play. Well, once he loses about 15 kilos. Well, he's injured himself now. What? Yeah. When did that happen? Oh, well, just... Lifting a donut into yeah. his mouth. <laughs> he had a donut time injury. <laughs> it was Easter, mate. There was all those hot cross buns. He loves Esther Blumenthal's recipe. <laughs> Yeah, he's, yeah, he was, well, that's the thing too. Like, I mean, we'll get to this game, but there, there was a few players who had big, like, off seasons where they didn't come back in, yeah. in great shape. And he was obviously one. And then you do yourself injuries trying to get the weight off and get ready. Yeah. <laughs> to get one of those ad masters you see in late night TV. Okay. So the next game was Demons Giants. Didn't see it. Uh, I saw a little bit of it. The big story out of that game, uh, from what I understand, is Jack Watts. Jack, Jack Watts was good. Really good. Like, really good. Stood up, you know, showed the sort of... But the great thing, I reckon, for Jack Watts is Jesse Hogan. Yeah. Because Jesse Hogan, like, had a pretty ordinary game and then did that thing that, like, people who win you games do. He came out and kicked three goals and Watts was instrumental in a couple of them. Yeah. And they just... He takes that heat of being the number one guy and Hogan has in spades what Watts doesn't have any of it, which is that, like, you know, he's, like... Cocky. He's so fucking cocky. Like, you know, he just yeah. owns it. Yeah. And he goes out there and he goes, yeah, I know I've been rubbish all day, but now yeah, I'm just going to Yeah, what's kind of a po- almost apologetic, isn't he? He's like, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I did that awesome thing. I'm sorry, I went to private school. Do you guys like me yet? Yeah. Sorry. Well, that's I what I was going to gonna say. If he, wasn't, if, if he wasn't a private school boy, do you think he'd be under the same amount of hate? Do you I, think, do you think fi- AFL fans get a special play, a, a, especially enjoy picking on Jack Watts because he's a private school boy? No, I, th- I, I think the thing about Jack Watts is like, not only is he a private school boy, but he also like w- played in the schoolboy league, which yeah. people didn't like. They, yeah. you know, he should have been, cause Playing now AFL. these guys come in to play AFL and they're, 
they, they're fucking tanks. Yeah. They're ready to go. Yeah, yeah. But he'd been playing, like he'd been dominating school footy. Yeah. Essentially. And he looks like a guy who dominates school footy. Yeah. yeah. Like he might as well have, like, on draft night rocked up on a unicorn. <laughs> like it's crazy how like kind of just good looking and whatever he yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. And he never seemed to have that mongrel, but I don't think he'll need it. He rocked up in his blazer. <laughs> That's right. how you knew. And then you need just like a classier guy. Like yeah. I think when you've got the forward mix right, he'll fit really nice. It wasn't like James Hurd. He was like a private school boy, wasn't he? Or at least he definitely had that kind of vibe about him. I mean, that was always the kind of, um, you know, the, the sort of mythology of him and Kevin Sheedy is Kevin Sheedy was a plumber. Right. And, you know, his greatest player was like, you know, a, a, like a, a, a private school boy with a stock portfolio. Right. Who would go on with to be golden cord, the great, the, curls <laughs> to be the greatest villain the, in the history of the game. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, he's Anakin. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> He was the chosen one, oh, and he man. destroyed us all. You know, it's funny. that's what it is. I just got a I got a text from Scott Dooley today because uh, it's his birthday, yeah. and uh, he said, "Thanks, man. Oh, by the way, I'm ready to play James Hurd in your tele movie." <laughs> but I'm thinking maybe we need to get Hayden Christensen, right? Or is it or is it too close? I uh, know. I think that's the perfect parallel. Yeah, right. Yeah, he was going to be the, and he went to the dark. Well, maybe we had Scott Dooley playing Hayden Christensen playing James so, Hurd. S- Stephen Dank as the Emperor. <laughs> <laughs> So GWS, what do they make of that? They needed to win that game. Yeah, I reckon. Yeah, I reckon because they they should be thinking like finals this year. Mate, right? they they have to play finals this year, and they should be. I don't know. I reckon but, Melbourne could play finals this year. Yeah, like I mean, they're both of those sides are in that mix. I don't think GWS has start panicking yet. Like a couple of their, you know, Ward played really well and a couple of their, you know, guns and and Jeremy Cameron's not playing. He's out, you know, mm. suspended at the moment. So. You know, they've got a lot of upside still, I think, but, and they dominated the game, to be honest. Like, Melbourne had like a good first quarter and a good last quarter and kind of won it in that, but. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think you'd be hitting panic stations, but you wouldn't be wrapped, I don't think, if you were GWS. No. And, uh, Jesse Hogan still hasn't signed from, uh, no, from, from Contract Watch. I, I mean, I don't think he will sign. I think that he wants to leave. But, Do you? But I think. Is he a Western Australian? Yep. Yeah. Right. And, but I think that, um, and, you know, I mean, obviously, if you're looking at Fremantle in particular, mm. like, you know, Pav's nearly done. And if you could, as Fremantle, get your hands on Jesse Hogan as like a West Australian to build your club around, then, of course. Do you think, like, where's the bigger go-home pool? Is it players playing in Queensland or Western Australians playing anywhere but Western Australia? About equal. But that's, you're talking push, like, like with the refugee debate, Charlie. Yes. You're talking a lot of push and pull factors <laughs> and you have to consider them both. Yeah. Basically, no one wants to play footy in Queensland, apparently. Yeah. So if you're from Melbourne, yeah, like I think coming home from there or even GWS to a certain extent still, I think there's a come home to Victoria factor. But yeah, no, I definitely think that West Australians love to go back to Which West Australia. Which makes Daniel Rich like the biggest anomaly in that equation. The Western Australians playing in Queensland. Right. <laughs> he walks between two worlds. <laughs> Uh, so what did you think of Gaz's return? I, Sons v Dons. You know what I loved the most about it was? What? Uh, Rodney Aid after the game, well, in the press conference going, well, you know, he was a bit rusty and there was a couple of times that he tried to break the tackle and blah, 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 blah. Had 35 touches. Yeah. First run back. Yeah. No preseason. He'll be good for the run. So I read somewhere today <laughs> that he doesn't do preseason. He doesn't believe in preseason. He's not a big trainer is what I've, like he's meticulous about his preparation apparently, but he's not, he, but, well, but this article was saying he doesn't do, he doesn't believe in playing preseason games. No. 
So he doesn't believe in medicine either, though, Charlie. That was the problem with his fucking shoulder healing. Yeah, yeah. That he believes in his fucking Christian voodoo. Was it really Christian voodoo? Or was it just he doesn't believe in taking, you know, anti-inflammatories and that kind of shit? Yeah, but you, you have a responsibility as a professional. I mean, I look, I think there's a certain degree with what happened with Essendon and stuff, you have to be careful yeah. about what you put in your body. But if you sign up to be an AFL footballer and you're a livelihood... But he's having surgery and stuff. It's not like he's ruling out all modern medicine. Right, but then he kind of... Because, I mean, I'm, I'm only saying that because, like, I will see... Uh, I see an osteo who also mm. doesn't doesn't like anti-inflammatories, doesn't think they do any good, thinks you can recover better without anti-inflammatories. Well, did he see what happened to Ablett? Because that didn't fucking happen, did it? <laughs> I guess that's the... I guess the proof is in the pudding with yeah. that shit. He can do whatever he wants. Like the reason that he's allowed to not do play preseason or whatever is because when he plays, he plays like Gary Ablett. Yeah. Right. And so I guess if he'd come back from his shoulder injury, like in six weeks and he didn't take painkillers, you'd be like, do whatever the fuck you want, Gaz. Yeah. I think it's only because he then the greatest player in the game had an entire season out of football. And some of it was about his recovery that people started to. So Gold Coast, terrible year last year. What's a pass mark? Finals or just outside of finals? I mean, this is the untold Ablett story as well. Like, the difference between how good a team they are with him mm. as opposed to how shit a team they are without him. Mm. Like, he doesn't get enough credit for that. Like, we all know he's a brilliant, brilliant player. But, like... No, I, th- I disagree. I think that everyone knows that. I don't think so. I reckon when you hear footy commentary, because a lot of it's around how he's a terrible captain or he's not a good leader of people, and you're like, well, you know what? When he plays, they win. Like, that's pr- like I know that maybe he has deficiencies in other areas of his captaincy, mm. but that's a pretty good area to be good at if you play. By the way, sorry, just to jump back to the GWS game, the one thing I did uh, watch in the highlights was Stevie J being Stevie J. Oh, so Stevie J. Ultimate, you got 110% Stevie J. You're just talking o- about... Awesome or terrible. Yeah. <laughs> He's the double A battery, awesome or terrible. Right. Did you, because you were just talking about Ablett being a lead, not being a great leader. In uh, the, the the report I read, they were saying, well, you know, the disappointing thing about Stevie J and the way he played is that, you know, he's not just someone they've brought across to kick goals, but he's someone to provide some leadership around the club and maybe go into coaching. And I'm like, really? Like, that was the guy that you thought? You don't, I mean, it, he's never played his, he's never played the game any differently the way he's playing it now. Isn't that what you get? You can't expect Stevie J not to be Stevie no. J. No. That's what you've got him for. And the, the problem is, like, I mean, I, in his last game for Geelong last year, I said this after the game, he showed you every reason another club was going to pick him up and every reason Geelong believed it was the time to let him go. Yeah. Because that's where he's at in the point of his career, where the brilliant isn't outweighing the rubbish stuff enough that for a club like Geelong that felt like they... Yeah. yeah but I could see the value. Like, well, I guess it's, I a, it's where the two clubs are at. I, but also, I think we're all glad that Stevie J is still playing. Yeah, definitely. 100%. I think the competition owes GWDS a debt just for, like, giving him another year, year around, you know? Yeah, yeah. We should all have to have a go. Like, for as long as Stevie wants to play, every club should have to have a go. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I love is that there are certain players, like, when you play junior footy, there's always that guy who plays in the fourth right. line who will have a shot no matter what position he's in. But you would expect that by the time you get to the highest level, where they say you've got to be unselfish, you've got to include your teammates, that that would be bled out. But there's some guys who would have such a strong instinct in them to have a shot at goal when they're out of position that they'll defy, like, you know, uh, team directives. That's awesome. Oh, it's it's great for the game. But you like you need a couple of players like that. Yeah. Um, I reckon here's, here's something that, that the AFL could consider in the future. So yeah. you see if you like this idea. Sure. Uh, so Stevie J might not be good for a club to have all year now. 
right? You know, like he's at that point, but you could still, like, you know, see Stevie, you know, making a difference five, six, seven, eight games a year, you know, that sort of thing. What if there was a pool of, like, retired but still able to be activated players Mm. that any club... So, like, this year... You can just dip in. You can... Like go, we're gonna right, play. So you, you get two, you get two cards, and you can play them at any time during the year. Well, there's got to, yeah, okay, yeah, that's right. And yeah. you're like, okay, well, this week uh, we're going up against Hawthorne. Yeah. We're missing our goal kicker. Uh, we're gonna play Stevie J. Yeah. We're gonna play the Stevie J card. Yeah, this week we're playing Geelong. Right. We need a, a psychopathic backman. We'll get Brian Lake. Right. <laughs> Keep those guys in the game, you know, yeah. but just in a more sort of all-star legendary capacity. I quite like that. I wonder yeah. how far you could go back. Could you pull out Lou Richards? <laughs> it's like, well, I mean, we're going to throw Lou Richards in the midfield. Just for kicks, yeah. to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> That's what, like, you know how Ross Lyon is famous for resting like half his team when they're four games clear and there's only three rounds to go? That's when Ross Lyon plays his Lou Richards card. Right. It's Lou Richards into the midfield. Well, it'd be good for those sort of players that like don't really want to have to play a whole season, but you yeah. know, if finals came around or something. Yeah. Go to Stewie Dew. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, specialist finals like Clark Keating. <laughs> uh, and so the Bombers. Expected? Well, yeah, I reckon. No better, no worse than yeah. what you think they would do. That was about right, I thought. I mean, the good thing about watching the, Bull- uh, the Bombers play this year is seeing all those kind of like uh, the Mitch Browns and the VFL-listed players who've been given a second chance. Because, I mean, you would imagine that if one of them has a great breakout season, finishes best and, well, you know, in the top five best and fairest, they'll probably just won themselves a contract. Well, they do have that. And you would hope, if you're an Essendon fan, if you want to take some positive about what's happening is, you'd hope that those guys all... It was a bit like us with Liver last year being out. Yeah. It meant that all those other midfielders got an opportunity to like play in those positions, and it kind of meant that when he came back, suddenly you have got, a bunch of guys who can play games into. Yeah. And I think that, you know, that's Actually, probably... you know what? If they were smart, you know that show, The Recruit, the uh, AFL, yeah. where they take an AFL rookie or get an AFL player into a rookie list? Yeah. That's what they should have done with Essendon. They should have just done an entire season based around Essendon and followed like five players from that group who have come in from VFL or Waffle-listed teams. Because yeah. there's actually something genuinely on the line because they're playing actual games. Because I kind of find with the recruit, it's a bit like, yeah, well, you know, I mean, will this player ever actually make the grade? Well, the problem with the, like, the recruit is that the first one didn't. Yeah. That's the problem. If the first one did end up, yeah, ended up playing a bunch of games or whatever, then yeah. But it, I mean, I look, it, it's still, I mean, it's a fun show to watch, but it is like one of those things where you're like, it's a bit like, you know, season. Yeah, this is not good. It's a bit, well, that's when you're, when you're so hungry for football entertainment that you're like, well, you know, this is borderline football entertainment. Well, it's one of those things. It's like going on season 14 of America's Next Top Model thinking you'll be the next Heidi Klum. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, North versus Adelaide, the game that stopped the nation. Um, I think they got less than the Bulldogs to that game. So, well, a couple of things about that, I would say. Firstly, um, fucking Boomer Harvey. Yes. He's been on, like, one-year contracts for seven years, I think. We'll break tax record this year, you'd think. Well, yeah, and then he'll clock it. Like, I mean, he'd be a great one for the, you know, the all-star sub it in because Boomer will never want to stop playing. Yeah, and never. you could, if you, like, he's just, he just, like, he didn't. because like, he's so small, 
he hasn't people, lost pace people because don't his see hamstrings him. don't. Well, no, it's just his, I think about like he gets what? in people's blind spots. I just no. I, I think it, I, I was arguing this with um, someone the other day who's quite small, and I was saying, you know, you don't get injured because your body parts are a little. Yeah. There's less opportunity for you to get injured. And I'm just wondering because like he's tiny, and maybe right. his little hamstrings because they don't get have to get stretched as far. I know it's all relative. Oh, no, it's true. But does that make him a more durable player? Yeah, when he falls over, it's not as far to fall. <laughs> I mean, there's that. <laughs> He still gets to ride the bus at a concession price. Right. I mean, that's kept him, kept him <laughs> happy flushed. over the years. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's just the game winner. He's just one of those guys who, yeah, look, I'd be confident if, I'd be optimistic if you're a North fan again. We were talking Hang about on. this. Yes, gone. Yeah. Well, that I, that you, that you, you, you I put st- him in the Richmond category. I'm still not a North Melbourne believer. I'm yeah. always excited when they do better two, than I expect. Two preliminary finals in a row. Oh, mate, I, I remember and I'm happy for North. Like North is a team that I like. Because it always feels to me like the fucking Mighty Ducks. Yeah. It always feels to me like... Shin bone spirit. There's no way that these guys should be winning here, and they do. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. But I, I think those two sides are I fairly, still don't believe in them. They're fairly evenly matched. I actually would have thought Adelaide were a, a, a bit better than North at this stage, but... um. Yeah, I can't tell what the difference is between Adelaide last year and Adelaide this year, but it felt like they just were missing one guy who could have 43 touches. Yeah. Who is that? <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get to that game. Uh, the next game was, ah, oh, now this was a, if you're a fan of the AFL, then you'll be a fan of this game. Sydney versus Collingwood. Wow. Wow. Now, I guess we should probably talk about Collingwood. Yeah. Okay. Well, we have to. I guess we have now. to. Well, you know, I mean, I think we can talk about them when, when stuff goes bad for them. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah okay. Cool. Sweet. Yeah, no, no, you're right. Uh, look. I think, yeah, sure, they had a shit week and it was a pretty bad performance. But you can't underestimate how fucking awesome the Swans are. I think I just kind of completely forgot. They had so much, the Swans had so much trouble last year. Every year. Well, the thing is though, you kind of forget that at the end of the year, they were still, you know, barreling along as if they were going to have a real crack at the finals. And then Buddy couldn't play and Luke Parker got injured. Yeah. And watching just the two of them play. The other yeah. night you were like, imagine the difference. Because the thing about the, the Swans is, and it'll be the thing with Hawthorne this year, like I think there might be a, a chance with Hawthorne this year that they don't finish first, second, third even. Yeah. But if they come in at like even fourth, Hawthorne, yeah, every, there'd be no one who'd be like, Hawthorne can't win this. Yeah, yeah. And the Swans are a bit like that. Like mm. if, if they're all in the right shape at the right time of the year, yeah. you know that like the Swans have proved over the years that they can, they can steal one or win one, you know? I also think too, like there was so much, you know, all that negative shit around Adam Goods and then Buddy yeah. and stuff like this year. You know, they can play without that hanging over them. I mean, and, you, it was, and I think it distracted, distracted me from their footy last year. Yeah. I was more, I was reading more about what was happening off the field than was what was actually happening on the field. But then to actually see their midfield, my fucking God. Well, Hannah, like they're incredible. Parker. Jack. Jack. Kennedy. I mean, Jack's crazy. I mean, Parker played better than Kennedy and Jack. Right. <laughs> That's insane. Oh, and then, but also they keep fighting, like all of their new kids. Yeah. Like they had like three debutants kick goals or something, yeah. like basically with their first kicks. It was like everything that happened for them. And Buddy, isn't yeah. it just great? Like I, you know, I, I fall in and out of love with Buddy a bit, you know, like because yeah. he gives you reason to. Yeah, yeah. But geez, when he when he's on fire for a bit he's and awesome. he's just lighting it up, you're like, geez, footy's better if Buddy's playing. I don't think any. I mean, no one can. No one who likes footy can dislike Buddy, can you? No, oh, I'm you? sure. I think people do. But he, really? But how can you dislike his? Footy? I mean, did people dislike Gary Ablett Senior? 
Well, you can't dislike his footy. Yeah, you can't dislike his footy. Yeah, yeah as a person, sure. Yeah, whatever. I mean, you can, yeah. yeah. But when, when he, like, is playing great footy and just like that, particularly on the SCG, yeah. where he just looks massive yeah. because it's a smaller ground and he just was like, this is my, yeah. this is my house and I'm going to own this now. It was feel like such fun. You just feel like there's nowhere he can't kick it from the SCG. Like, it's weird. And he makes you love him. Like, it's those moments where, you know, they have all the debates about the 10-year contract and stuff. Like, yeah. halfway through the second quarter, I would have given him another 10. Yeah. You know. Well, he's only got what's he got to go to. Uh, another, he's done two, he's got eight. Yeah, eight another years eight to go. left, so he should be fine. <laughs> should be fine. Should get through that fine. And what do you think about the uh, the pies? Well, okay. First things first. They they I reckon had a really unfair week because of the hair testing thing. Um, so it looks like because uh, Robbo went with the story first, of course. Yeah. Um, got the number wrong. Yeah, uh, got the number wrong. Although. In some ways, it's not the point because the number is somewhere around that number. So whether it's like nine or 11 or like whatever, yeah. it's still a substantial amount. But the fact that there are at least two other clubs who have as many or more than Collingwood and the fact that it's a voluntary program and it's meant to be confidential and all these sort of issues for, for Collingwood to have been like, you know, the, the lead story out of it and kind of the implication within that, that basically a quarter of the Collingwood players were drug cheats, you know, yeah. kind of sort of thing or like, I mean, it's because it goes both ways, right? Like, you know, you're going to sell newspapers when you put Collingwood in the front page of the Herald Sun. You know, most of the time that's going to be, you know, the sort of puff pieces, but it's also going to work when you find out that 11 players have tested positive or a high number of players have tested positive. Right. And well, the other thing is also like they've had a history of being a party club. Yeah. Like, you know, so that's been part of their mythology of the last sort of, you know, and Purdy, like Gary Purdy has been pretty strong. Purdy had to party. In, in, well, he does. <laughs> he's like, uh, he's, he's not Purdy. Purdy don't party. <laughs> um, he, he's been very strong on coming out about the fact that there's a problem in the AFL. Yeah. Now, whether there is a problem in the AFL or not, I mean, I don't know. I mean, don't you feel like percentage-wise it would probably reflect society as a whole? I mean, I imagine so, Uh, particularly if society had a thing where for nine months they couldn't do it and then they had a little window of time where they could. Yeah, and their base wage is about 90000 And they they had all this spare cash they needed to get rid of in Vegas. Yeah, yeah. well, I know for a fact, as we like as we do, because you've just been around for a while, that certainly 20 years ago there was a lot of it going on as well. Yeah, 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. So I can't imagine that much has changed. No. I think they're testing a lot more now. But this, and, yeah, yeah, it's like what I mean by society, the wider society. The statistics that are in the wider society, you know, they haven't gone down. Drug use has not gone down. So right. why would it be in this smaller subsection well, of the community? Well, uh, over the Easter weekend in Melbourne, one in eight people who were tested for drugs tested positive to well, drug driving. One in eight over the Easter weekend, right? So they're people who are getting in their cars. You know, they're people who are getting on the road and kind of endangering the rest of us. Uh, yeah, so I think, yeah, statistically, yes, it's probably representative of society. Now, there's probably mm. another argument of people going, well, you're footballers and you paid all this money and you've got to be right, blah, 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 blah. I mean, that's a, a, there's some validity to that, I bet. But yeah. I do think that like what this t- hair testing is, it's out of competition testing that pretty much no competition in the world has. Yes. There's a reason the NFL and the NBA don't have uh, policies like this. Yeah, because that'll be out. They don't want to know. Yeah. 
And there's an argument to be made that for the AFL, they've almost kind of hurt themselves with this stuff, which is because it was happening before and it's happening everywhere else. But in the old days... Don't ask the questions you don't want the answers to. to, Right? 100%. Yeah, I remember about 10 years ago when they brought drug testing in, a few players came out strongly against it. And I kind of thought, well... What is the end result for this? Because you can understand that the AFL are trying to make a statement by saying, you know, this is a clean game. But if it's not performance enhancing, if that's what, if the game is what you're trying to protect, then you're opening up a whole can of worms when you start moving into things that don't involve performance enhancing drugs. Now, the argument would be from the other side, I think, that uh, there's some, been some success in the program of identifying people so what you do, like, because what happens is two things. If you get hair tested and you get you test positive, then the club doctor, I think, can find out about it. So they can then go to those people. And the argument has been made there's been great success in identifying people and then going, yeah. You know, it's a health issue. It's a health issue and, like, dealing with that and, like, getting people away from that area. Um, but the other, I, I guess the, I mean, the... There's, there's a couple of reasons that they're doing it. I think one is to identify people. One is I think they think they genuinely have a problem and they're trying to, you know, do something about that. Because, I mean, you can't turn a blind eye either if you do feel like it's becoming yeah. really problematic. Yeah. Because It is a bit rich, though, if you've ever spent any time around a football club when you see how alcohol is consumed right, and, you know, how alcohol is regarded, you know, in a lot of footy clubs, it is a bit rich that people come out and say, now we have to do something. We have to stop the drugs of killing people. It's like, well, and statistically, alcohol does as much damage, if not more, and is widely, more widely available. Well, part of the problem is that uh, alcohol, and- alcohol also makes you fat. Yeah. And so what these guys are highly tuned athletes. So if you go out on a Saturday night and drink, you know, eight Beers. schooners or whatever, yeah. then you can't train on Sunday. Yeah. Well, Ben Cousins was the greatest example. He was the greatest trainer and greatest runner in the game the whole time doing, but he was doing the sort of drugs that keep your skin folds yeah. down. <laughs> I out. mean, to be honest, they've yeah. got to get Chris Yaron on some, <laughs> some of this shit. He's the only guy at Richmond who didn't have a hair test positive. They're like, Chris. Chris, we want you to test positive. Go and hang out with Dusty Martin's dad <laughs> and lose some of this weight. He's just been eating KFC all summer. <laughs> <laughs> Get on the K. Get off the FC. Uh, the other big thing that came out of the game was obviously Dane Swan's injury, which was fucking horrifying. Like, I, I'm not one of the, I'm not. Are you one of those guys who likes to watch replays of injuries? Not particularly. No. no. And that looked fucking sickening. Two players landed and basically broke, broke his leg in three places, I believe. Yeah. Which is just, um, they, they're saying it was well, definitely out for the year. Well, yeah. you're having surgery today or they had might, surgery yeah. I mean, there's an argument that could be made that it might be all over for Swanee. Yeah. Le- leg breaks are very, very hard, hard to come, come back, back from. from. Yeah, you're just not the same player afterwards. Well, and the thing with Swanee, he was, he's never been overly quick, although maybe that's okay. Maybe yeah. that will be the advantage is that he's got such good, like, sense of, you know, ball sense, like good old-fashioned footy sense, you know, yeah. just knows how to get it. Yeah. He had a great season last year, though. After a problematic season before, I mean, he was like... He's clever and skillful. Yeah. So, you know, if maybe they, they sort of give him a, another contract, maybe you just put him in the forward pocket. Maybe I mean, he, he loves kicking goals. Loves it. And he's a good goal kicker. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I'd love to see him play again. Um, I thought it was really weird. You know, I've heard of sympathetic uh, pregnancies, but I didn't know if you could ha- you could have a sympathetic injury because it was it's weird that like Dane Swan hurt himself and uh, Travis Clark yeah. uh, just for the rest of the game couldn't get a kick. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was I guess when you send nude Snapchats to the same woman, you have a bond or something. Yeah, you just yeah, <laughs> you're just like sensate, <laughs> been connected. Yeah, that was weird about Travis Clark. It's he's had a couple of 
Like, since he's I signing mean, his new contract, he, at the SCG, it's almost impossible to play an entire game of football and not bump into the football at some stage. Yeah. I mean, it's already crowded field with 36. Like, it's it, almost on purpose you couldn't, like, be as far away from the football as he was. So do you think, because when he came out of contract a couple of years ago, Frio made a big, big play for him and uh, his dad... <laughs> As his want, got involved in contracts and yeah. played hardball and stuff. And I think eventually uh, got the, uh, the Freo were offering five years or something. I think he signed for four at Collingwood or maybe three. It was less money. But do you look back at that now and go, hmm, you know, maybe you should have gone to Freo? Bigger money, longer contract. I mean, less pressure. Yeah, less pressure, definitely. Great like, real estate. It's apparently what he's into now. Right. Well, yeah, he just sold his house. Yeah. So, um, yeah, well, it looked like he was trying to check out vacant real estate at the SCG because he wasn't going anywhere that was surrounded by people. <laughs> Clearly, what he likes is space. Yeah. Uh, water views. He could see the bar from where he was standing. <laughs> I mean, it was crazy. I was so disappointed there wasn't like a headline on the the next morning that said invisibility cloak. Ah, oh, I mean, like that's brilliant. Cloak and no tagger. <laughs> I got another dozen of them. You should work for the Herald Sun. Witness recloak. How you good with, how you good with Photoshop? Yeah, putting, oh. putting politicians' heads onto cartoons. I need another guy. So it'd be me and another guy who work together. I'd yeah. come up with the wacky headlines, and he could do the, <laughs> the Photoshop. Photoshop. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, if you're if you're a Collingwood fan, I think you get a bit sort of nervous. It, it, it was one of those calamitous nights, which is like, do you remember when Melbourne slide started in 2007 off the yeah. back of? David Neitz getting injured, then there's a bunch of bad press, and then it is the kind of game which can really, really ruin your season. I mean, Buck's just signed another year on his contract. I don't think the problem is Nathan Buckley. I think I actually think Nathan Buckley's a good coach. I just think there's, I don't know, it might be that, because they've, they've still got a lot of players left over from that last premiership era, which yeah. buys you time, I think. But, you know, I guess the benefit of, you know, uh, not winning a flag is that you get starting that rebuild a lot sooner. You start to question. I mean, Frio are probably in the same bracket a little bit where it's like, shit, did we have our shot a few years ago? Right. Because there would be good players that have played over 100 games or around 100 games who are good players, but are they the ones to take the next step or should you be investing or trading really aggressively? And I think that maybe... I don't think Bucks is a problem. I just think it's maybe the cattle as well. I mean, you do feel a little bit like that with Collingwood because even like, well, still, Sidebottom's out for a few weeks as well now, who's, who's actually still one of their great players. Yeah. And then you start to go, well, apart from Pendlebury, who you can rely on to get like 30 touches every week. Like who are, who are they? Jamie Elliott, but he's injured this year. Yeah. Jamie Elliott came good last year. Yeah, but again, he's not quite like your A grade gun, is he, Jamie Elliott? I, like, I reckon he's a year he's or a two. Good player. He's a year or two off it. Yeah, okay. Um, I, I think like he's a handful. I mean, Adam Trelaw came in and he had a pretty good game considering yeah, he, was all right. he played in a losing side. But yeah, I just don't know. Like it, it's, it's not like you look at, I mean, even looking at the Bulldogs list or Ports list or whatever, you can sort of see, you know, more kind of potential along the lines than you can for Collingwood. And it's just, I don't know, maybe a, a shake up. Is it not a North Melbourne kind of did it a few couple of years ago? Yeah. They sort of realized they weren't going to get there. They traded in Wait Del Santo. You know, they actually just sort of bolstered themselves a bit. But I don't know if Collingwood always, every trade period, seemed to get a gun. Like, it's like they don't have a salary cap. I mean, I know they're a destination club, but don't you, don't you feel like every trade period they manage to get some awesome player for nothing? Right, but yeah, but the thing is, I, you know, they're the biggest football club in the country, yeah. and they have the best training facilities. And you know that, like, you're going to play in front of eighty thousand people every week of yeah. your. I mean, there's a lot of things that I well, think Adam Trelaw 
said quite publicly the reason he chose Collingwood over Richmond is that they're closer to a flag. Right. So if that's not fucking ammunition for round two when Collingwood play Richmond, I don't know what is. I reckon, yeah. Well, you might be right, though. Do you think? No, I don't know if Richmond are going to win a flag. Closer to than Collingwood? I mean, either they're both fantasy pipe dreams. <laughs> Neither of them are going to happen. Well, one has to be closer than the other. Who's going to finish higher this year, Collingwood or Tottenham? Uh, no, Tottenham. Richmond will finish higher. Richmond still might. Uh, Richmond might make the eight. I'm not. But Collingwood, oh, there's I no way Collingwood will make the eight. I don't think Richmond missed the eight this year. I Is reckon, that your hot re- tip? Yeah, I reckon they could. Holy shit. Yeah, I reckon wow. Richmond could miss the eight this year. Hot off the press. Ninth. Back to old school Richmond. <laughs> They'll finish ninth. Equal points, but miss out on percentage. I'm calling it early. All right, uh, a game that you might know something about, Sunday, early Sunday afternoon, Bulldogs versus Frio. Well, I mean, we were there. It was obviously a great game. Uh, well, I'll give you my impressions. Okay, you give your impressions. My impressions is that the uh, the Bulldogs, they have actually got a really good blend of talls and smalls now inside and outside. Like, they've actually recruited quite well. And they're although they're young, the players have all been – coached with a sense of confidence. I think I said to you on the day, yeah. they're not afraid to hold onto the ball. They don't necessarily take the first option, which I think that only comes from trusting in the fact that if you do get into trouble, you've got a trusty right foot or a trusty left foot. Or if you're Jake Johansson, just fucking accelerate out of trouble. He played an amazing game, I thought, on Sunday. Like he And his new look. The Nathan Eagleton. Yeah, we were like, oh, he's like a he's like a Nathan Eagleton in a booper ad. Imagine if Nathan Eagleton met a better version of himself. It was so weird because we said it, yeah. and then about like five minutes later, a guy four arrows in front said, nah, that bloke looks like Nathan Eagleton. <laughs> it's like, Jesus, it's not just us being wacky and specific. He genuinely, yeah. I think it's something about his posture or something. But he yeah, ran he like does. He has well. that kind of hunched like over. hunched over but quick sort of look. You know who also had that hunched over um, posture was Dean Rice. Yeah. <laughs> Dean Rice had the same look. They're all the same guy, I'm pretty sure. Uh, but yeah, he was great. I yeah. thought he... But he's he's one of those players where it's like, a player like that in a team that isn't good, doesn't do anything, he was able to get space, he was able to break lines because he either he had great support and he also had targets he could hit up that he knew if he kind of took a you know took off, off half back that he could find someone in the forward line to kick it to. I, I, I think of it a bit like um, uh, David Wojcicki at uh, yes. the Cats. Yeah. You know, he was just a gun in those great teams. Now, if he'd been in another team, you know, kind of, he might not have been the same player, but yeah. when you have one of those teams where you can just like afford the luxury of having a guy who just, when he gets the ball, tucks it under his arm and runs out of... Yeah. Because if you can break that line... Yeah. I mean, we're, we're going to get to Dangerfield, but that's the thing that Dangerfield does incredibly well yeah. by himself and that Judd used to do yeah. at his best and yeah. stuff, which is run 10 metres like out Fear of a pack, pack and then kind yeah. of dispose of the ball. But, yeah. yeah, it's amazing when you watch it. But, yeah, they've got... Across the field. And, I mean, even Boyd, like, I mean, running around the field in the ruck, kind of, he looked a lot more agile and mobile. And I was kind of like, that might be a good role for him because, obviously, Stringer's going to be the gun down there and we've still got Red Path to come back. But this idea that he might be, like, they were saying it about... um, He did just enough, right? Right. Like, you're not expecting the world. No. But he did just enough. And I think it's, again, it comes back to that thing of he was willing like he actually went into packs. He's two on one a lot of time. Took a couple of good marks around couple the ground. Good marks. Yeah. Did he kick a goal? I can't remember. Yeah, I think he kicked one maybe. I did. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. And um, but it was like one of those things where 
there was a real confidence about it. And you were like, he reminded me a bit of uh, Tippett at the Swans. Somebody was saying on the weekend, and it's so true, that he plays his best when he's playing ruck. He actually kicks more goals when he plays ruck and not when he's resting forward, right. but when he floats forward yeah. while he's playing in what the ruck. What was his junior? Was he a full forward or a ruck or both ruck forward? Uh, forward, I think. Yeah, right. Yeah. But it, it, I think that when the pressure to be the gun and mm. to mark it and have that one shot sort of thing, yeah. I think it can be too much for some guys. Yeah. And like I think that floating in and using yourself as the ruckman, but then you know being an attacking option up front. I think it must be to a case of if you are a tall target and a young guy coming into a team, it takes time for them to trust you. Like it takes time to, yep. especially if you know in your first year you're slow. And, and you, you slow to get rid of it. And you miss a couple. And you miss People a couple. You don't clank your marks. Yeah. So I think he needs a few more games like that because he yeah. was quite reliable. He does look lighter than last year. Yeah, more mobile. Yeah. He definitely was getting around the ground heaps better than he was last year, I thought. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what his, where his eventual final position will be if he'll play in the ruck and switch forward because you've got Campbell, Minson, and... I, one? I mean, I don't want to... Oh, well, no. Ruffy, I guess, oh, Ruffy, to a yeah, certain yeah. extent. Um I don't know if Will's going to play a lot. I mean, I think Will will be. Why is there a jazz festival on? Yeah, I mean, it's a big jazz year this year. There's, just, there's a lot of there's just a lot of events on the clarinet calendar. So <laughs> he's only available every fourth month, every fourth round, because <laughs> it's International Year of Jazz. <laughs> Will's Will's failed every hair test, but it's only from hanging out in jazz clubs. Oh. Uh, that's sad. I mean, he's actually, I thought Will Minson, he's one of those players who's got the most out of his career. Don't oh, yeah. you think? I mean, in great bloke. He had a good year, what, two years ago, was it? No. Yeah, he was all Australian yeah, two years that's ago. Right. Um, I, I, and I, he's one of those guys I'm, I'm hoping I'm wrong about. Okay. I would love nothing more than Will Minson to come back and dominate and have a great season. Cause that'd, cause we actually aren't. So who would you be your number one ruck then? So it would be Campbell if fit. Yeah, I think so. And yeah. then in co- in conjunction with Boyd and Ruffy, probably just right. and that's that'll do. Right. You know, um, we were doing a little bit with Lin Jong last year, or they didn't play on the weekend. But they, we, yeah, we being third man up and stuff like that. Bont plays third man up a bit when they go third man up. So yeah. I think that we've got enough. Yeah, um, we met the Bont's mum. Oh yeah, I know. Mrs. Bont. <laughs> Mama Bond. Yeah, Mama Bond. She was good, though. Yeah, she was awesome. She was really nice. I was like, thank you. <laughs> I honestly said that to her. Did. I turned to her and said, this, this is Marcus's mum. And I just went, thank you. And she just went, no worries. <laughs> I just gave birth to him. She was wrapped, too. I said, you must be very proud. She was oh, like, yeah. we're very proud. Um, now, we have to talk about the package. Yeah. I mean, he pulled out all the party tricks. You were saying, um, we're trying to find like a player to compare him to. And at first I was like, oh, like Gary, but senior. And then I was like, no. And I don't mean any disrespect for this. He's like Alan Jakovic. Right. But good. But yeah, he <laughs> plays with the same uh, like flair and cockiness of right. Alan Jakovic. Like it wouldn't be beyond him to attempt a bicycle kick over his head to have a shot at goal. Right. He's like that Stevie J where he backs himself in every situation. But I think he might, I mean, I, th- I think he might be but I think he's as good as his ego thinks he is at the moment. Yeah, I agree. And I think that he... He doesn't overestimate himself. No. I, I think he's one of those players that he he definitely has that cocky thing and it's yeah. been ages since we've had that. Yeah. Like, I mean, the, you don't associate yeah, that with the Yeah, because Brad Johnson was like an equivalent type of player, but right. he was completely humble. But that's our story. Yeah. Like, our great champion, Chris Grant, 
Like, you know, like, it's not like Carrie. It's yeah. not like one of those cocky, strutty. Yeah, dominate. Like, you know, Jesse Hogan in a week says more cocky things than Chris <laughs> Grant said in 300 games. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, there's just not that. But I reckon, I mean, Stringer has that. Like, yeah. he's got that Jesse Hogan thing, but he, he backs it up. Like, the thing, you've got to look at his record and he really does. You know, he has that bit of magic and excitement, and you just can't quite hold him. It's, yeah. It's a very exciting... Like, you know what he does, which I love, which is, again, ties into that, that cockiness, is you've never seen a guy soak up, like, the walk back oh. to take his shot more than him. He takes a grab, the whistle goes, the crowd cheers, and he yeah. just saunters. He pretends to look for an option. Yeah. Pretends. <laughs> no. Never, <laughs> never has a man done, the like, the most cursory... Yeah. Like, you know, like when you're meant to check your mirrors yeah, before yeah, yeah. you turn, but you're not really checking? Yeah. That's what he's like. Yeah. If a cop saw me, maybe I could say, no, 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 I yeah. checked, but there was never an intention. But it's it's he, <laughs> he doesn't walk back to take his shot. Yeah. He saunters. Yeah. Like he struts. It's right. fucking like he, he loves it. It's so funny to watch. But Jesus Christ, the guy can play. I mean... I think I saw him even. Oh, he didn't handball. He did. He palmed, he, he palmed the ball off. I, think I still he, think he was trying to tap to it down himself, yeah. and then someone else got in the way. But still, yeah, that counts as an assist, Charlie. Yeah. It's um, a start. Yeah, and I think our mix is really good. That's the other thing is that idea that we are, we have some older players, but not a heap. You know, you've got Rob Murphy, you've got Easton Wood, who are both still playing. You know, yeah. really fantastic footy. Well, Easton you know, Wood took uh, the most surprised. Screamer of the year. I mean, I mean, it's a good mark, but he didn't realize it was coming. No. (laughs) (laughs) He only had to wait a couple of days for that to be uh, surpassed by something we'll talk about in a bit. All right. Enough of Bulldogs for this week. Okay. So Port St. Kilda, which, uh, funny. What was your impression of Frio? We should just quickly, uh, what do you reckon? I, uh, I was surprised watching that game to realize that they finished well on top last year that they were minor premiers. I didn't even realize. Um, I don't know. They've just, they've, I think that they could easily make like top four this year. I don't think they'll win it. I think this Ross Lyon is such a good coach and he's so good with role playing players. But it's a bit like the kind of um it's a bit like the Collingwood or the or the Richmond thing is like, well, maybe they need to kind of there's a few players. Well the thing about them is they don't really lose that inflatable penis stadium. So they win eleven yeah. games or whatever and then, you know, that gets you close enough. Yeah. They just um I, I trust it. I trust Ross. I don't think that Ross teams stay down for too long, unless it's like major injuries or you know personnel issues or whatever. But I think they just had a bad day, and you know, it's cold Melbourne. <laughs> They're from WA. He wants to come to freezing Melbourne to play football. You were like, they don't seem tanned enough. No, they didn't and seem they were, tanned enough. They were, very... they were wearing their white too. Yeah, they so should look the more tan. Should have really come out. I mean, out. if you watch West Coast later that night, they looked really tanned. Yeah, they looked like a Western Australian player should look. They looked a bit pale. Yeah, I maybe feel that was it. Maybe, maybe that's the issue. Do you think there's <laughs> haven't seen enough sun over the summer or something? Yeah, has Ross been making them train indoors? Probably. Get them down to the beach, or at least get a solarium in. Yeah, that's a good idea. Solarium, fake tan it. Fake it. We don't care. We can't tell from the from the stands. No, Instead I, of Dankera, when you go past the change room, you just smell that cinnamon, that fake tan, that sweet cinnamon smell. <laughs> just the trainer there yeah. rubbing it on the sidelines. Yeah. Oh, you're just missing a patch there. Now, oh, no, mate, don't, don't get on your hands, mate. Right. It gets in the wrinkles of the fingers. You don't yeah. want to see that. That's terrible. That. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the next game was Ports and Kilda. So this game, yeah. we missed... Well, we were back at your apartment recording a toe fop. 
And uh, by the time we finished and we turned the TV on, it was the start of the last quarter. And right. at that stage, scores were level. And so you had to take off to what, do a show, and I stayed and watched it. But also what I thought at that point, I was like, oh, St Kilda have done a great job to keep with them to this point to this of the point. game. Yeah. Because we didn't really know what had happened. Yeah, and then uh, we got blown out of the water. It was funny because I spoke to a few of my, my brother and my mate who's a Saints supporter afterwards, and they said, did you see the game? And I said, oh, I saw the last quarter. And I said, well, the worst quarter. <laughs> you saw the worst quarter. Because up until that, in the third quarter, we got um, almost 21 points in points front. Up. Yeah. So I watched the game back. I just uh, I sort of um, uh, fast-forward all the Port bits and watch all the Saints bits. So I, I can't really speak to Port apart from the last quarter. But we, uh, I think... We'd... Port seemed really quick, but that was because I was fast-forwarding through their bits. <laughs> Well, it's Ollie, uh, Ollie Wines is uh, an absolute gun. They need, like, he's just yeah. an amazing player. He is, um, isn't he? And Chad Wingard too. Chad Wingard only needs to appear for about an eight minute period. Yeah. And he'll just destroy you. And also has that cocky quality as well. Yeah. Like he's just, he's, yeah, he's like a football savant, you know? He just, he doesn't seem, he doesn't seem phased by anything, but he's just so driven to excel. Right. It's weird. I'm reading a lot into <laughs> the Chad. But, but I the chat. I get that vibe from him. Yeah. Um, but what I would say from a Saints point of view is that all those things we're talking about with, you know, what you want a, a rebuilding team to do, they do. They chase, they harass, they do all the 1% of stuff. I think this year we're going to run out of steam a lot. Like it's just – it's hard to maintain that sort of run and gun football for three quarters. Right. With, you know, I still think we have something like seven or eight players who haven't played 50 games yet. So they get tired really easy and I think that they just got over – Overwhelmed. That last quarter, they just looked stuffed. Like they couldn't fumbling, couldn't get their hands on it, all that kind of stuff. But um, we got within six goals, which was my <laughs> pessimistic pass rate. But uh, I guess Port, you've just got to wonder, is, are they teasing? I mean, they beat up on a side that didn't play finals and it took them three quarters to, to get there. Yeah. It wasn't like super convincing. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I didn't see any of the game. I, I just heard that St Kilda were up for a while. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see with Port. I, 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 it's, it's weird. I, I think they play such great, exciting football, but I do feel like maybe the rest of the competition have caught up a bit on that. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of teams playing really fast, that sort of just run and gun, which was, you know, when Port really first, like a couple of seasons ago when they had that great season, it was kind of everybody loved watching them play because no one was playing like that. Yeah. Whereas like, like from this first round, it felt like a few more teams were running yeah, and gunning. I think, I think, I think even watching the Bulldogs on Sunday, the Bulldogs yeah. were playing Port football from a couple of years ago, yeah. which it's no great secret. Like, I mean, if you, if you lack polish, and, you know, you're physically a bit smaller, then it makes sense to just kind of, you know, just rush the ball at every opportunity. That's the one advantage you have. It's just well, and it's also the, the way, ball. it's also the way to combat zones. Yeah. You know, that's why it was so effective for Port that first season was, you know, everyone had gone the way of the zone. Yeah. And then suddenly they were running through the lines on the zone. Clarko's cluster. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Clarko, we'll get to, well, let's, are we, are we uh, well, up to that? No. Is it? No, we well, haven't we've, quite we've got We've there. got the most important game of the round. Oh, uh, Brisbane, West Brisbane, West Coast. Yeah. <laughs> West Coast did what West Coast had to do. Uh, Not as convincing. Kennedy kicked eight. I know, but it wasn't as. It wasn't as. Did you watch it or just the score? I just watched the highlights, and I just I I thought that I mean Brisbane kept touch within about five or six goals. I thought it was going to be like a hundred point. Victory. Right. I thought Brisbane were, were going to be a lot worse than they are. Again, they seem to do all those little one percent of things as well. I don't think Justin Leppich is a bad coach. I hope. Actually. I hope they're not terrible. Yeah. I don't think it's good for the competition. And then no, you know, there's not much to hate up in Brisbane. You'd hope that they 
Have well, a good... okay. At this stage, now round one, who's your pick to finish bottom of the ladder? Considering that the, Essendon. the two teams, well, besides Essendon, uh, besides Essendon. besides besides Essendon, considering that both Brisbane and Carlton actually put up pretty good showings, I'd say Brisbane, Collingwood. Ooh, fuck me. All right. There goes half our listening audience. <laughs> we didn't mention it. That some people are like, oh, we liked it better in the first one when you didn't mention us. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll talk about you when things are going badly. Uh, yeah, I mean, I reckon, I don't know. I, mean, I, don't know. I, I, can't, I don't know who the bottom, besides Essendon. I mean, Essendon may not even finish bottom. It's hard to say. Also, you know what? Round one form is like a terrible way to make decisions about the entire competition. Well, not according to every journalist in Australia, it seems. Because right. Geelong are fucking locked in to be premiership favourites. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's what happens every year. And then we all realise that round one isn't the most reliable indicator. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're going to talk about Hawthorne, but Hawthorne always starts slow. It's yeah. Like, anyway. Uh, the one thing I'd say, yes, Josh Kennedy... Uh, I, what I love is that, you know, we were just talking... Is he now the Josh Kennedy? Like, if you were talking about... No. Is the Sydney... So, is he the uh, other Josh Kennedy? Or is, I just is, think, is they, he I become, think they're equal. If you were looking... But if you had to, like, go, there can only be one, one Josh, Josh Kennedy, Kennedy, and the other Josh Kennedy has to ch- change his name to, you know, Josh K. Kennedy or whatever. Yeah. Uh, which one gets it? Which one gets the keep? Which one has the better <sighs> record now so they would get to keep Josh Kennedy? I, I don't know. I mean... I don't know. That's a good question. Because a couple of seasons ago, you'd say Josh Kennedy's Swans, Swans, Josh yeah. Kennedy. But now, I mean, he, he was he won the Coleman last year, and he's probably the number one forward in the game now. You'd say Josh Kennedy. Yeah. I don't know. They're both really good. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, it's a. It's a fair I guess Josh Kennedy. I mean, if you if you're ranking it on where they <laughs> fall in their teams and in the competition, so Josh Kennedy, Sydney's probably now the second, third best midfielder, right behind Parker and Jack. Probably, would you think? Uh, Hanabry was oh, second Hanabry in the brown, shit, though, so, so yeah. yeah. Fucking hell. All right. right. Well, I think it has to go to Josh at West Coast just yeah. because he's a premier forward. All yeah. right. Well, let's ring Josh at Sydney. I'll, let him, know. I'll, let, him, I'll let him know. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, it's uh, Charlie Clawson from yeah. Two Guys, One Cup. Yeah. Clawson. Yeah. Clawson. Clawson. Charlie Clawson. Two Guys, Two Guys, One Cup. Cup. Podcast with Will Anderson. What, uh, what's a podcast? No, not Hills. Anderson. <laughs> Anderson. <laughs> anyway, we just want to let you know. Uh, you have to change your name. Yeah. No, uh, Josh Kennedy, West Coast, much better than you. Much better. Yeah, we decided. Uh, well, because it's the right to say that? Um, I don't know. We have a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that phone call did not go well. <laughs> uh, yeah, Josh Kennedy's awesome. And what I love is that, you know, we talk about um, Levi Casbolt and Jesse Hogan's right. bad kicking and someone at West Coast was smart enough to go, you know what, dude, you fucking, if that's the way you kick, then just fucking do your routine, but practice and do, go kick, go again and again and just keep kicking goals. We're not going to tell you there is a way to kick. If that's your thing, that weird little stuttering dance. I mean, it's a that, dance. It's odd. It's really odd. odd. <laughs> I'm like, are you playing NFL? <laughs> yeah. Like, what's going on? But Jesse Hogan started doing a bit of that as well. I've yeah, noticed. Jesse's got a bit of it as well. Yeah, but not kicking as good. He, well, he kicked all right on the weekend. He's, Did he? Yeah, he was all right. All right. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it is a bit weird, but if he's kicking goals, I mean, Carlton could have had them both. Imagine if you had a Casbolt uh, Kennedy yeah. forward line. But then they wouldn't have. That's a lot of but mystery. They wouldn't have got, that's a got, lot of weird run-ups. They wouldn't have got Judd, though. Would you have traded, I mean, who wins I mean, that's that the trade? Big, that's the big footy question, isn't yeah. it, now? If you think about it, like, at the time, 
It's it's probably one of those ones that it, it truly was a win win. Like we're both clubs, but Carlton got Judd because they thought they were in a, in a position to win a premiership. <laughs> <laughs> And then, of course, they got uh, Mick Malthouse because they thought they were in a position to win at Premier. Yeah, footy yeah. fun sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I mean, I think that. I mean, he won a Brownlow there, so you can't be you can't be upset at that. And it, oh no, you'd be wrapped with what Chris knows, Judd brought to the club. Yeah, and who knows what Josh Kennedy would have been in a bad team? It might be like the Chris right. Dawes thing. Never, you know, like, yeah. Sliding doors. Yeah. I don't know why the Chris, Chris Dawes is the Chris Dawes story. I'm like, it's an underachieving forward, Jesse White, Chris yeah. Dawes. But one of those guys who looked like they could have been anything and yeah. ended up. But what happened to Jesse White? Remember he had that bust out season at Sydney? Yeah. As like, cause uh, I think, um, Reed was injured and then Collingwood dumps a shitload of money on him and then he's like, all right, I'm done. <laughs> That's it. I play for one. Jesse plays one year at a time. He has like some sort of, uh, like he's working for a charity or some sort of small business or yeah. something like that now, Jesse White. Yeah. I believe. I, oh really? Yeah. What do you mean? I literally think he, I remember. What? Yeah. Is he still playing football though? He has some business mm-hmm. where I think it was Jesse White that I'm thinking about. Yeah. Right. Um, it might not be, maybe not, but, uh, I, I remember recently someone was on the radio going, one of the packages you could buy for this thing, whatever yeah. this business was, was you got two hours with Gary Abbott Jr. Yeah, and it was like four thousand five hundred dollars, and I was like, "Well, maybe we could just buy that, like, and then just interview him for the podcast and go." Well, no, we paid, mate. This is for sick kids or whatever it is that I can't remember. It's That's for a good idea. Yeah, I like it. I like it. <laughs> uh, this brings us all to the uh, final game of the round, which was arguably uh, the best game of the round. Oh yeah, I think it was. Uh, I mean, it was a great game. Exciting. I mean, we met a guy actually at the Bulldogs game, an English dude, um, a cricketer who is trying to get into AFL and. He said, oh, I'm going to see the Cats-Hawks on Monday. And I was like, "That's that'll be a good game. If you, to, to, to spark a love of AFL, that will be a good game to go to. And I don't think it disappointed. No, I mean, huge crowd, MCG. Traditional rivals. Traditional rivals. And, like, there's been... Curses back and forth. There was a, Well, yeah, there was a Kenneth curse. But then, of like, because Hawthorne have been so good, they've really... Yeah, there's been a... And Geelong hate losing to Hawthorne. Yeah. They just hate it. They always play out of their skins. And, of course, they had the arrival... Of Patrick Dangerfield, uh, you know the guy. Holy that, shit! Yeah. That's all you can say, right? That should have been the headline in front of the Herald Sun today. Holy shit! Holy shit! <laughs> Holy shit! What the fuck? <laughs> Not what W two A. Actually, what the fuck? Yeah, we've gone out of our way. To, it, like, we don't normally put fuck on the front page. <laughs> yeah, it's just fuck exclamation it just, mark. That mark that yeah. he took in the when he was trying. And this is the great thing about uh, already about the rotations uh, because you know they're having less rotations off the interchange bench what they're doing is going back to the old thing of like, cause Dangerfield was buggered. Like, I mean, he touched it more times than he had in his whole career mm. and he went down the forward line and tried to hide for a bit just yeah. to get and out of the, the way. Coming to and him. literally he, he, he mark of the year that yeah. it should have been that photo of that mark yeah. just with fuck. Yeah. That, well that, you know what? This is going to be controversial. That mark is only good because the Hawthorne player who ran in to make body contact wasn't looking where he was going. <laughs> like, cause, uh, if, if he hadn't run in, Danger just had like a clear run right, at it. But right. it looked more spectacular because this guy, it was like he ran in to make it look better. Yeah. He to, ran in to, to say, here's my shoulder to rest on while you take this grab. Yeah. It was like it was the Globetrotters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. Did he just bring out a little ladder for Dangerfield to climb up? I mean, can you just fucking imagine 
like what that does for a club's membership to have a brand new player do that on the first day. Mate, like that is that's a recruiter's dream. Like the board well, must have just been fucking mate, popping champagne. They're ten thousand members up on last year before that game. Wow. Uh, and they're saying that's the danger field factor because for Geelong, it's not just that they got a champion player, although he is in the top. He's, he's definitely these top days three. top three in the league, yeah, I'd him, say, him, right? Him and Fife would have to be neck and neck, right? Yeah, him, Fife and Ablett, I think. Yeah. You know, and I think you've got to, you know, Gary showed that he's not going to be out of that conversation again. Yeah. Um, he's an absolute, you know, superstar, but he's taken it to a different level. But the best thing about it for Geelong is they got him on decent money. They didn't, like, you know, have to sign him for 10 years on a ridiculous thing. He's come on the right sort of money. He hasn't ruined the club, you know, that they won't be able to get better players around him and stuff like that. What he's done for Selwood, taking the pressure off him, is amazing. Can you believe that Selwood is going to be a number two, the number two player at Geelong? Like, that just doesn't make... I mean, but that's amazing. And they work so well together. Like, you know, they've got complementary playing styles. Mm. But you've also got this guy who's a good-looking rooster. Uh, He speaks beautifully. Like, I mean, even after the match, like the way that he said, well, the really encouraging thing is, you know, the fact that... uh, The whole team. Yeah, the whole team. And he said said everything perfectly. Yeah. Like, played out of his skin. He's never played in front of that many people. Oh, really? Didn't get intimidated, it turned out. (laughs) Turns out he really likes playing in front of heaps of people who are on his side. It was... One of those displays where you were just like, it's such a great pleasure to watch what is happening here today. Like yeah. it was, it was amazing. Yeah, it was. Uh, and he loves it there. He's bought twelve acres of fucking land in Mogg's Creek or wherever where the fuck he's, he's from. I mean, Frank Costa, the smartest man in the entire world, has been employing his parents for fifteen years on has the longest he? con of like really football the history. He's yeah. like, you know, he's like a guy who bought Apple shares in the first week, yeah. and it's finally paid off. That's amazing. I mean, could you begrudge him if you're a West Coast, if you're an Adelaide supporter? Uh, I mean, I tweeted yesterday during the game. I said uh, after he missed those two goals in the last quarter, um, I did say. Uh, Oh, glad we got rid of him. He can't kick. <laughs> World's most optimistic Adelaide supporter. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the thing about Dangerfield, that he was clearly going all season last year, and he won their best and fairest. Yeah. You can't say that he left. It. He's the sort of guy. and this He is didn't what, drag his feet. This is what you admire about him is, if he's an Adelaide player, he played out that season better than you could have possibly expected that he could. You know you're getting a quality guy. Mm. Like, it's just, I mean, Geelong have... It went from a team that where everyone was like, yeah. okay, Geelong won't make the eight probably this season, to a team where – but it wasn't just him. Fucking Zach Smith, Smith was yeah. great. And, like, they had a really good – Motlop, though, looked ordinary to me. He came back big, apparently. Right. Came back overweight, and I feel like he was slow on the weekend. I thought he was really disappointing, but – Well, it's, it's weird. But the how, rest of them – um, Isn't it amazing? Halves. Yeah. A guy who was, like – didn't know how to play AFL like five years ago, won their best and fairest, and he's like a gun. And he was a ruckman two yeah. years ago. And now he's like this gun midfielder. Yeah. Oh, yeah that was good to watch. It's I funny. enjoyed it. <clears throat> what a lick of paint does to a club. Like, oh, yeah. I think I thought Geelong were done last year. I thought, yeah. oh, this is, you know, this started then, especially like when Stevie J left. I was like, oh, they're going to not bottom out, but I thought that'd at right. be a few. But now they look fucking crazy good. Yeah. And Hawthorne looked. Good too. I mean, well, Hawthorne always starts slow. Yeah. Because they always win the premiership. And so that everyone comes back late and, you know, they have a, they have the longest season of everybody and they've done it over and over. 
and they always start slow. Mm. I mean, people forget. Well, remember three, three last year or four? Yeah. And four remember or after like the first round, you know, when Kennett wanted to sack Clarkson? Yeah. Like Hawthorne aren't strong starters, mm. but also in that third quarter, they looked like despite that they yeah. still could have won it. Yeah. I reckon their big problem is going to be Ruffy because Ruffy's out for most of the season, and and now and Hodgie's out for a, Hodge, a stretch of time. Well, they said it's it's a broken arm or whatever it is. So one week. <laughs> well, they said it's meant to be six to eight weeks, and Hawthorne said four. Yeah. So because here's what you would love to hear if you're an opposition player that Luke Hodge is going to be out there with an arm guard on. So <laughs> say goodbye to your teeth. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I don't. Yeah, you, I, I don't think it's uh, it's too. Well, it's round one, so yeah. not to call anything. But I just think that Hawthorne are just too smart to to, to know what they need to do to get to the finals. Well, it was interesting to see. Did you see Clarko left uh, one of the players on the bench for twenty five minutes and was really doing some new things with the rotations and stuff. Right. He's always thinking, you know, a few steps ahead, and. They had a few superstars who had pretty ordinary days out who won't have that many ordinary days out. But there's also a bit where I think they're missing Hale, they're missing like Ruffy, they miss Lake, and then suddenly all those guys who get to be, you know, superstar outside players suddenly have to be a little bit more of the, like, the gun guys, and it's a lot more pressure. Yeah. And I've got to be, I mean, Sam Mitchell's still great. Hodge is still going to be great most of the time. Yeah. You know, Bergon's still going to be great most of the time. But those guys can't be great forever. The one thing we know from the history of watching this game is eventually everyone gets older and slower and it goes away. Yeah. Do you think there's too much hysteria around the results of round one? Reading the papers over the last two it's days. It's the I've... appropriate amount. <laughs> That's what this game's about, Charlie. If I mean, really, it's like, I mean, I, I, I must have read at least three articles that said like, you know, in you know, like, like under the pump, and it's like really. Yeah. After one round, I don't think you can be under the pump after one round. People are though. I mean, there's got to be. There's. I think there's players within the actual teams. There's players who are like you know they put in a sh- like a Travis cloak or something like that, and then beyond that is like the coaches. But, I mean, if you were Collingwood, you've got to write. <laughs> You've got to write. You've got to have something to write. Right. That's what it feels like. I mean, yeah, everyone these days like likes to have a lot of firm opinions. Uh, before we go, uh, oh yeah, I was just going to look. Should we just have a quick look ahead? Yeah, let's do that. Week. But yeah. I, I forgot to mention the thing that I wanted to mention, which oh, was yeah. that uh, Luke Beveridge made me love him even more. Oh, yes, in his uh, press conference after the game, when he uh, brought Doctor Who into the world of AFL, when he said uh, the boys have got to be good in the phone box. And also in the TARDIS. And I was like, oh, I did not think it was possible for me to love you more. But now you're dropping sweet Doctor Who TARDIS bits. They've got to be good in the phone box and in the TARDIS. I'm not even sure what that means, but I love yeah, it. Yeah, it actually doesn't make much sense. Because isn't the TARDIS infinitely big? Yeah, well, I mean, that's what you've got to be good at Eddie Haddon. You've got to be good at the G. Yeah, well, the G's. The TARDIS? <laughs> It's weird that he would say that. It is just weird. I wonder if he actually is a, like a, he watches Doctor Who or oh. if he's just talking. Because I, I don't watch new Doctor Who, but I grew up watching Doctor Who. Yeah. So I know what the TARDIS is and I know that it's like an infinitely big phone booth. Do you reckon? Yeah. Does Bevo strike you as a guy who's been keeping up with a Stephen Moffat Doctor Who or do you think he's an old school ABC at I feel 5 like, I feel like both, mate. I feel like maybe on the side he writes a little fan fiction. Maybe on the Thursday <laughs> night he gets the boys Who around. Who do you think's his favourite Doctor? He looks like a Tom Baker guy. Uh, yeah, Tom Baker. That's pretty old school, I yeah. would have said. Um, I don't know. Maybe he would have liked David Tennant, I think. <laughs> feel like he would have liked David Tennant, you know, just the way he went about it. You know, it's that new fresh bulldog style, you know, yeah. brought a bit of youth and vigour, you know, yeah. always on the go. Yeah. 
Okay, so looking ahead to next week, we'll just do this quickly. Yep. Um, so this will be a really interesting game. It's uh, MCG, uh, Pies versus Tigers. I mean, I'd say you'd have to back the Tigers in this game. Well, but they yeah. are Richmond. They are Richmond. It's the sort of one that, like, Richmond has everything to lose in some ways because Collingwood are either going to be disappointing again, which mm. is will be expected a bit, or they'll rally the a bit thing, and come back, you know? The one thing you can say about Collingwood, and I hate to admit it, is they are really good when their back's against the wall. They right. always seem to come out whenever, like, the media's on them, when people are on them. They always seem to win those games that they shouldn't. Wouldn't surprise me if there's 90,000 people there. Because, oh, like, yeah. Richmond, they're the two biggest followed clubs in the league. And I reckon Collingwood fans will come out in support. I don't think they'll oh, stay yeah, away. I think with everything that's been going on. And reckon, Richmond and weren't that impressive. They weren't. So you've got a team that's bouncing back after a horror week and they're going to get like a rocket up them all right. this week. So you would imagine that they've got something to prove. And Richmond just kind of mm, fell across the line a little bit against Carlton. So they don't have as much impetus. Right. Plus they're Richmond. Plus they're Richmond. <laughs> so. On Saturday we have uh, the Derby or the Derby depending where you're from, uh, between uh, Adelaide and Port. Now, this is up. I, w- I would have no idea who to pick in this yeah. one. But you never do, regardless of how either yeah, of the teams are going. The yeah. It's the derby, mate. Yeah. Or the derby. The derby. <laughs> uh, I'll just uh, throw, throw, throw a dart and say Adelaide. We, did, uh, we, we didn't do a prediction in the first Richmond, one. Oh, Richmond. Think Richmond. Richmond? Yeah. yeah, I think Richmond will probably win too. Uh, Essendon versus the Demons. Um, it has to be the Demons. Do we, tick, do we write off Essendon every week? I mean, not every week, but we'll I see how they go. I think the Demons should win that one. They should. Uh, up at the G. Uh, sorry, the G. Up at the Gabba. <laughs> the other G. <laughs> the other G. The less cool G. Up at the G, A, B, B, A. The G. I wish we could keep our players. Um, it's the Lions take on North. Now, you have to imagine if the Lions are going to make any kind of excitement, this is the one to do it. First home game against a team that... He's highly fancy, but not that highly fancy. He is the statement they will make. We're not as good as North. Yeah. Uh, later that night, our, our own personal derby, mm-hmm. the Saints take on the Bulldogs. The two guys, one cup derby. The first, the <laughs> inaugural. That sounds worse somehow. <laughs> I don't know why, but that sounds worse. Yeah. One day if this podcast gets big enough, maybe they will name this round. The two guys, one cup. Yeah. The two guys, one cup, cup. Yeah. <laughs> Well, oh my God, it's round two. It's the two guys, one cup, cup. Yeah. These teams need some more, uh, marquee games. Yeah. I mean, sure, Essendon and Collingwood have Anzac Day. Yeah. And, you know, but, you know, St Kilda and, uh, the, can, yeah, the two, two guys, guys, one, one cup, cup. cup. <laughs> two guys, one cup, cup. Um, I expect we'll lose this game, but I think, uh, I think we'll put a good showing. Look, the only thing that, uh, or the one thing that people keep harping on about is the, the comeback from last year, which is like the third yep. highest comeback of all time against the Bulldogs. I just think the Bulldogs have got too much to lose by losing this game. I think the fact that they did lose from so far in front last year would mean they'd be highly, highly uh, sensitive to any changes in this game. They're just they're going to stay on top of us. But I think it should be a good contest. I, th- I feel, I feel I like you guys ma- match up pretty well against us. I feel like we always... Yeah. I feel like you, whenever I say St Kilda... I, I think uh, that's one where we probably shouldn't drop, but we, I think we 
yeah, yeah. You're definitely a chance. I to... just think you guys are a bit far advanced. I think a bit stronger, a bit, a bit bigger, a bit stronger, but who knows? Well, I mean, I mean the other thing is it'll be a test of the Bulldogs temperament, yeah. which I hope is great. Yeah. And it felt like, you know, on the weekend was, but we've had a lot of positive press this week. And then suddenly everyone's like going, Oh my God, you know, the Bulldogs. So it's always interesting to see how that you come back after a week where everybody's been telling you how good you are. And by the way, guys, if you are listening, you are fucking great. No <laughs> doubt about that, but keep a lid on it. I won't. I will not keep a lid on it, but you guys keep a lid on it. Uh, the other thing to contend with for the Bulldogs is, is Nick Revolt's 300th game. Oh, okay. Milestone game. All right. So I don't know. How do you, do you feel the milestone games nope. have any particular influence over whether a no. team wins or loses? Either do I. No. No. No, I really don't. I mean, I've seen, I've seen St. Kilda dishonor many a legend yeah. over the years. Yeah. I mean, it's almost sometimes rude in a bad season to make a big deal about it. Yeah. Because it basically just says, not only are we not good, but we don't love him as much as you thought. Well, who's, who's, who are they going to put on Jake Stringer? I imagine it'll be Sean Dempster. That could be a good matchup. I think that'll be one to watch. Sean Dempster is a very dour defender, very good in the air, quite quick. Be interesting to see who we play on. I guess Roughhead will play on Revolt. I don't know who normally matches up. I don't know where they're playing who Revolt normally... at the moment, though, because Revolt started at centre-half forward, but right. they're experimenting with him on the wing as well. I wonder who we would match up against him, because I can imagine... Here's the thing I can imagine. I don't know about St Kilda doing it for Rui. I don't know if that sort of thing happens. Yeah. But he's, I could imagine Rewalt having a big day. Yeah. He strikes me as a sort of... And he and likes it, playing the Bulldogs. He always plays well against you guys. Yeah. Yeah. I think maybe Adams. They gave uh, they put Adams on Pavlich last year, right? Your first gamer? Yeah. And he did all right. Yeah, he did. And Pavlich and Revolt, same vintage, same type of player. I think it's the obvious I mean, call. great experience for a young player. To... He played a good game, too, yep. I must admit. As an impartial viewer, like, for he's a, he played a really can, – can take a mark and great kick. Yeah. Bit of confidence. Yeah. Good body size for yeah. a young guy. And as they said at the President's Lunch, can we please welcome the Adams family? And yep. you and I both turned to each other and went – click. <laughs> the only ones, only ones at the president's table. But we both enjoyed it. We thought it was funny. Come on, guys. Uh, later that night, uh, Frio versus the Suns. Now, this is at um, interesting Penis Stadium, Metrico. Oh no, it's at Frio. Yeah, yeah, yeah at Penisville. So Freo. you think the Doctors I think Freo probably. To, they'd have to. I think they need. To, they again need to make a statement because they are uh, a top four team. Yeah, and the Suns. I don't know if they, don't know travel. they travel very well. Yeah, I mean the sun. Yeah, sun rises at a different time over there. <laughs> That's right. They'll win the game, but just like three hours. After <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everyone else. Uh, Sunday morning. Well, not Sunday morning. Sunday early afternoon. Giants take on the Cats. The Cats will Cats should win that. Them. Although it'd be interesting to see if the Giants make a statement after a poor first one. Um, be interesting to see how Stevie J goes against his old club. That'll be interesting. Yeah, he'll probably forget. Probably just kicking someone. on goal. Oh yeah, <laughs> he'll be drinking sunscreen on the bench. <laughs> forget where he is. Uh, great game coming up at the MCG on Sunday afternoon. Hawks versus West Coast. Battle of the Birds. Um, this is they'll they'll plug this as grand final revenge, which it never is. Yep, no, not, it's, it's not because <laughs> unless you have to cup. hand over the cup. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I reckon West Coast. They look pretty good. Again, Hawthorne Pride MCG. It's at turf. PTSD for the Eagles. I'll say I'll say Hawks on this. Should one. be the game of the round, though. You'd think. You'd think. I reckon that'd do you, be. Do you think it? Do you, any part of you think it could be a route, the Eagles' way? No, no route. No. No. What's the, I, what's the largest largest margin either team would win by? I reckon it'll be close. Okay. Um, I reckon it'll be like a twenty to thirty point maximum margin one by way or the other. Okay. I just think West Coast are good and they want to prove that they're consistently good. But I can't imagine Hawthorne are going to lay down no, after like you know week. they'll want to they'll want to make a statement. I would have thought. 
Hodgie will come on at half time. Hodgie will just... Arm and all. No, he'll just get a couple of them in the car park with his cars. <laughs> and the last game of the round is the, uh, the Blue Baggers versus the Swans that Eddie had. That'll be slaughter. I mean... Buddy at Eddie had, roof closed. Massacre. I mean, yeah. I mean, they were good, Carlton. And we went pretty hard on them, round yeah. one. I've got to admit, a lot of Carlton supporters. And I kind of felt bad because... The Carlton supporters who got who got in touch with us yeah. to say you went hard on Carlton also said I understand and I understand <laughs> and we're terrible right and I was like that's not an attitude I'm familiar with with Carlton supporters because I grew up in the eighties I know when we're they just, were the most well, that's, arrogant that's supporters. why we well, that's why we still take pleasure in their yeah because they were so arrogant but I feel like they've they've learnt lessons they've, they've eaten some yeah. humble bites oh, well, apart they, from Vaughn Kerr who is still maintaining <laughs> that the Blue Baggers are a premiership uh, he said that we needed to talk about uh, Crips and we should talk about him just for because okay. he is a gun, a gun. He is yeah. like he's definitely the shining light for that football team. Yeah, well, he's he future, cap- future captain, right? Give it to him now. Yeah, you know what? Just give it to him. Well, who's it? Murphy's there. Murphy. Yeah, no. Murphy should st- like yeah. stand down, stand aside, stand, <laughs> stand down, Murphy. Yeah, just give it to him. Like I mean, yeah. like he could be the you know the Wayne Carey or the Chris Judd or whatever that you build a club be, around. Yeah, exactly. To be that good in a bad team. Joel Selwood, like when Joel Selwood got it. At, at yeah, but Joel Selwood stepped into a fucking Premiership team. He's playing in a fucking shit team, and he's that good. Like, it's, a, it's a bigger, it's a yeah, bigger but, 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 yeah, but what I'm saying is Joel Selwood had a lot more people that they, like, I mean, it was a premiership team. There was a lot of people there that, you know, could have been the captain of that club. And oh, they yeah, went to yeah, Joel right. Selwood quite early, yeah. you know, like sometimes I think despite the fact that Mark Murphy, I thought really played really well the other night and probably leads the club fine, you know, yeah. um, I just kind of figure like their next generation is going to be his Who's generation. Who's the next captain for the Bulldogs? It's an interesting question. Bont, maybe? Yeah. Uh, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm, no, I don't think so. I really? think there's a few people who could definitely yeah. be it. Like, I don't know enough about Round the Club to know who's the kind of yeah. leader yeah. in that regard. But I know that there's a lot of, that there's a lot of young men that they rate pretty highly with leadership skills. So I think it's some killer would be Armitage. Armitage or Nunes look like the two most likely candidates. Armitage, probably. Yeah. That's the one that people talk about as being, you know, he coaches out in the field and stuff. When Channel 7 have to do one of those things where, can we mark someone up? Right. It's always Armour. Yeah. Because he goes out Normally it's just like, guys grunting. Yeah. Or saying fuck. That, <laughs> yeah, so they just right. have to bleep it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a funny thing, right? You, you see that, right, where players, like, swear, not at the umpire, but to the umpire. Right. But that's an abusive language. If you're not actually threatening them, you can say fuck. Oh, I don't know if even you, like, you've got to be a bit careful about saying fuck, I think, at all. These days, yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, I think they're getting a bit more cracked down on all that. Yeah. Well, it's because it's open microphones everywhere, I think. Yeah, good point. Well, uh, that wraps up right. uh, round one for Two Guys, One Cup. I'm Charlie Clawson. No, I'm Will Anderson. Uh, and... What do we do at the end? Did we do something last night? I think we just finished like that. Oh, we just finished like that. Yeah. All right. Well, listen again. Uh, rate us on iTunes. Oh, yeah, what yeah. What about yeah. that? We should tell people about that. Yeah. You can rate the podcast on iTunes, and uh, you can listen to our other podcast, Tofop, on iTunes or OmniApp.com. Uh, and, yeah, but if you rate the podcast, it obviously, it's a brand-new podcast. The more you rate it and that sort of stuff, the more that, you know, people get to find out about it. So if you could do that, if you like the podcast, that would be really handy for us. Uh, and now we're finished. <laughs>